The boys are all moved in down at Wofford and hope is in the air for the Carolina Panthers heading into 2023 season. Can the Panthers retake the NFC South? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter to get those questions into me. Now, this episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game of eBay guaranteed fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Carolina Panthers have finally all arrived down in Spartanburg, South Carolina, on the campus of Wofford College for training camp. Once again, heading into the 2023 season, new head coach Frank Reich, new quarterback Bryce Young. And there's a lot of hope here in Carolina that finally the Panthers under owner David Tepper can be real contenders in the NFC South. Can they take control of the NFC South this year? And for the foreseeable future, that is the hope among everyone there in Carolina, down in the camp, all 90 players, and of course, all the fans that have sat here and have watched the team miss the playoffs the last five seasons. Enough is enough. It's time for this team to finally give us the sustained success that David Tepper promised when he fired Ron Rivera a couple years ago. Now, this season, the hope feels real. The NFL does the best job of any sport in our country of getting every fan base to believe that they have a chance to do something special. It might not be to win the Super Bowl, but every team feels like they have an opportunity to go to the playoffs. Year in and year out, you see half the playoff field not make the playoffs again the next season. And the Carolina Panthers are hopefully a team that can take one of the spots of a team like the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys who were in the playoffs a year ago. But the hope feels real this year. The last couple seasons, you really had to convince yourself that it was going to work. Year one of Matt Rule, I don't think there was high expectations at all. You have a new quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. People were upset about how things went down with Cam, rightfully so. But at least there was hope that, okay, new head coach, you got a new regime here, maybe things can be fine. Of course, that season was certainly disappointing in all the last-minute drives that failed O-freight situations where the Panthers could have either tied or taken the lead there in the final two minutes of those games. Not great. David Tepper said, get me a new quarterback. Of course, they tried to bring in quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford. That didn't work out, so they landed on Sam Darnold. It cost him a second, a fourth, and a sixth-round pick to the New York Jets, and they decided also to give him nearly $19 million fully guaranteed for the 2022 season without ever seeing him play a snap in black and blue. And people right then and there convinced themselves that, okay, the Jets, they're a train wreck. 
the coach, Gase, moron, no playmakers. Here with Joe Brady. Here with Robbie Anderson, who he played with in New York. DJ Moore. You feel good. Christian McCaffrey. It's going to work out with Sam Darnold. You had to really te tell yourself that, even though if anyone watched him in New York, you knew the guy couldn't play. And well, what happened? Couldn't play here in Carolina. Gets injured once again. And well, the Panthers then go back in the market. Tried Deshaun again. Doesn't work out. They land on Baker Mayfield after a draft night trade didn't work. They trade up to get Matt Corral. Said afterwards, Corral's not really here to compete. He's here to learn and take it slow. Baker wins a job, and well, we know how that worked out with Baker Mayfield, where again, last year, myself included, I was sitting here convincing myself and trying to convince you that, okay, Baker Mayfield, this guy is actually an upgrade from Sam Darnold. Turns out that was not the case. He was even better than P.J. Walker was last year as a starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. So the last couple of seasons, in particular at quarterback, we've had to try and convince ourselves that this is the right guy. This is the guy who's going to save the franchise, who's going to be the answer. And that has not been the case. But now with Bryce Young, you can actually talk yourself into it and not sound insane. And I know there's plenty of people who look at him and say, oh, he's 5'10". He's probably only like 195 on game day. Can he hold up? It's certainly a question that should be asked and will be asked until, well, it's not a conversation anymore. And that would be Bryce Young staying healthy. So you can ask those questions. But when you look at him, winning a Heisman Trophy at Alabama, playing for a national championship, winning an SEC championship and all that he did a year ago to end up being the number one pick. And by all accounts, from everything that the Panthers have said, he was always their guy from the beginning when they decided to trade up on March 10th for the number one pick with Chicago. Now you can actually have hope that this quarterback is someone worth putting your hopes and dreams into that he can be the answer long-term. You also look at the coaching staff with Frank Reich here. Yes, things didn't work out great in Indianapolis. He had a new quarterback every year, and when he had a solid quarterback, whether it be Andrew Luck, Phillip Rivers, well, what do you know? Things worked out. The Colts went to the playoffs, and even with Jacoby Brissett, it wasn't all that bad. Now, Matt Ryan was a complete train wreck, and with Carson Wentz, had Wentz not fallen apart in the final two weeks of that 2021 season, the Colts would have been a playoff team. So Frank Reich has gone in a situation where he's seen just how difficult it is to not win with consistency at quarterback. And now he's not trying to do that here in Carolina. You build a staff where you have Thomas Brown coming over to be the OC. You have Parks Frazier, who's going to be your passing game coordinator after calling plays last year in Indianapolis after Frank Reich was fired. You bring in Josh McCown, who's not that far removed from being a quarterback in the NFL, whether it be a backup or a guy called in to start a, or play in a playoff game. They have the kind of staff, and oh, not to mention Jim Caldwell. They have the kind of offensive staff that makes you feel confident in their ability to get the most out of Bryce Young, the most out of Miles Sanders in this running game, and the most out of this receiving core that overall is, feels underwhelming, but is more as far as more options than they had at the end of last year. So you feel good about that. You look at the defense. There are stars like Derek Brown and Brian Burns. There are solid pieces like J.C. Horn, who could be a star, Dante Jackson, Shaq Thompson, Frankie Louvu, Jeremy Chin, Von Bell. You feel good about that front, the first 11 defensively, and the new scheme. Now it's going to take some time. So when you ask the question, I guess when I ask the question, can the Panthers take control of the NFC South? Typically, when you have a new coaching staff, new offensive and defensive schemes, and a rookie quarterback, that's not really a question that you're expecting anyone to say, oh, well, yeah, of course they can do that. But when you look at the landscape of the division, where in Tampa, Todd Bowles is on the hot seat, Baker Mayfield could be their starting quarterback, and we already lived with that last year. Now, of course, they still have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, so if Baker or Kyle Trask, one of those guys figures it out, they can do something offensively, 
But the Bucs are going to take a step back now that Tom Brady's gone and a lot of the veterans have also departed there in Tampa Bay. Atlanta looks like they got their ish together a little bit down there after being in cap hell. They're going to run the football well, but Desmond Ritter certainly was a big question mark. And defensively, they have been great the last couple of seasons. New Orleans seems to be, of the teams in the NFC South, the one that would be the favorite right now. Derek Carr, say what you will about him. He's been a solid quarterback in the NFL. And what's held about the Saints the last couple of years, it's been quarterback play. James Winston primarily getting injured and having to go to guys like Taysom Hill, having to deal with Trevor Simeon. Then last year, Andy Dalton being their primary starter through pretty much the majority of the season. I feel like the Saints could be fine, but long-term, do you feel like Derek Carr is going to be the answer long-term in New Orleans? I wouldn't say that would be the case. Desmond Ritter, jury's still out on him. And in Tampa Bay, it doesn't really look like they have a plan at all. So for the Panthers, being in this division – despite having a new coaching staff, new schemes, and a rookie quarterback, gives you the hope that, hell, why can't they find a way? You saw last year, absolute train wreck to start the season. You bring in an actual NFL coach in Steve Wilkes. He finds an identity with the run game and the way they play defense. And what do you know? Week 17, you have a chance to win the division. Now, of course, it didn't work out. And it was a team that didn't have the kind of depth that they needed. And depth is still an issue heading into 2023. But they overachieved. And when you have what should be better quarterback play and a better coaching staff, two things that have held the Panthers back the last three seasons, conventional wisdom tells you that they should be contending, at least for a wild card spot, but maybe even in the division here in the NFC South. So can they retake control of the NFC South this year? It's possible. I wouldn't bet all my money on it, but it's certainly possible considering the situation in the NFC South and what this team was able to do last year overachieving and all the positives going for them this year heading into the season. So for me, I'm feeling hopeful for the first time in a while when it comes to the Carolina Panthers and it feels like they actually have a plan, something they did not have over the last couple of seasons. Now someone who's also feeling hopeful is Scott Fitter entering his third year as a general manager here in Carolina. He spoke to the media down at Wofford on Tuesday. We'll go over some of the things he had to say as far as what's the deal with Brian Burns' contract? Are they going to add an edge rusher? And uh, what's the health status on a few players that are on PUP? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge let therapy be your map better help visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash locked on The Panthers arrived down at Wofford College on Tuesday morning. At least the veterans did. The rookies have been there since Saturday, but all 90 of the Carolina Panthers players, and we'll be down to 53 in a few weeks, are all down there in Spartanburg on the campus of Wofford College, once again preparing for training camp, which gets underway at 10.30 a.m. 
on Wednesday morning and cannot wait to hear from Frank Reich and the rest of the guys throughout the rest of the week and also to see them put the pads on and really find out who's going to win some of those training camp battles we talked about Monday here on Locked on Panthers. And by the way, um, live here on YouTube right now, uh, so thank you for the people who are here. Did not advertise it. One of those things where it's been a busy Tuesday and the way that my internet's been, I think it's been kind of spotty just looking at my connection here. So hopefully it's not been too bad for those who watch. It's always uh, why we'll record um, on a different platform in the background. So the podcast will always be clear audio just in case it's not looking as great on YouTube, but this is kind of an impromptu thing. But typically throughout the season, for people who are new here on YouTube, I will go live um, after Panthers games. So after all three preseason games, I'll be live all 17 games, except for the Vikings game at the work NASCAR that day. I'll be live breaking it down, and hopefully in the playoffs, I'll be live as well. So sometimes I'll go live after, well, I'll go live after games. If there's breaking news, I'll go live, and then we'll see how things go with training camp, my schedule. Just easier to go live instead of waiting until like, you know, 10 o'clock potentially to get this out to y'all. So appreciate the folks that are in here checking out the podcast live. So again, uh, subscribe or follow for free on YouTube to do that. Um, Scott Fitter, Carolina Panthers general manager is of course down there at Wofford and he spoke to the media on Tuesday afternoon and part of it made me a little nervous because I feel like last year he spoke a little bit earlier and I hadn't seen a lot on socials about Brian Burns being there in Carolina. I actually texted someone who was down there in Spartanburg. I wasn't there. And I asked, like, hey, uh, did Burns show up? He's like, well, I saw his social said last night that he showed up. So on Instagram and his story, Brian Burns uh, appeared to uh, drive down to Wofford late into the night. And that might be the best time, honestly, to drive down I-85 South, which uh, Matt Rule said is always under construction. He had no idea what he was saying. Uh, but it's a complete train wreck once you get down there in the upstate of South Carolina. So maybe the smart move by Brian Burns to get down there. I asked whether Burns showed up because I saw the news that Nick Bosa, who was also drafted in the same class as Brian Burns, has been a very productive player for San Francisco and is also waiting for a contract, decided that, you know what, San Francisco, John Lynch, you're going to have to run me my money before I show up to camp. I felt that Brian Burns wouldn't be the kind of guy to do that, not saying it's a bad or a good thing, and he wasn't the kind of guy to do it. He has showed up down to camp. And I was wondering, because I've been talking about it when breaking down a contract, negotiations, it feels like Burns and Bosa are kind of waiting on each other. Now, Bosa, in his mind, and probably rightfully so, believes that he should get paid more than Brian Burns, but that's not how the market works. And they're both about to be rich, especially Brian Burns. So excited to see how that works out. Brian Burns, there at camp. Scott Peter was asked about it. Hey, what's going on with the contract? And he said, conversations are ongoing. There's no timeline. When it happens, it happens. So really nothing to see here. I was asked about it last week. I uh, did a show on it about when should people be concerned. I actually talked to uh, Nick Carboni, uh, the sports director at WCNC here locally in Charlotte, your NBC affiliate. When I went on with him on uh, Monday uh, afternoon, he has asked me, hey, when should we be concerned? I, like, I said a year from now. If Brian Burns plays on the fifth-year option and the Panthers don't get a long-term deal done throughout the season or you know, come free agency where they slap the franchise tag on him, and really if they don't get a deal done by like next July and he's playing on the franchise tag – and that's it, then that's when I'd be concerned. Because then it's like, are you going to tag him again? Because it's real pricey to keep tagging in edge rushers. I'm not concerned. Fitter doesn't seem to be concerned. Brian Burns is not concerned. So I think we all can take a deep breath and feel like it's all going to work out. And, well, Burns has all the leverage, so the Panthers really have no choice but to sign him. Now, there are concerns on the other side of the ball. Really, not on the other side, but the other side 
uh, Brian Burns, uh, at Edge Rusher, where the depth is lacking. If you listened to the show yesterday, I only have the Panthers taking four outside linebackers because I do feel like they're going to add someone, whether it be um, a free agent that they add after a couple of weeks into uh, the preseason and training camp, or if it's after roster cutdowns. They got to do something there because it's just it's not an inspiring group. Marquise Haynes, I think, is a fine rotational veteran. I don't look at him as someone that you're going to feel all that comfortable with for 17 games at outside linebacker. Maybe I'm wrong. Would love to be wrong. Uh, we will see, though. But Scott Fitter was asked about it, said we like what we have, but we're always he said we like what we have, but we always need to add more. You can never have enough pass rush. If there's a pass rusher out there that upgrades our roster, we're going to pursue it. That's our style. We're aggressive and always looking to add. So you could counter and say, well, if you're aggressive, why is Leonard Floyd playing for the Buffalo Bills? Of course, it's a two-way street. Floyd may have wanted to go to a team that, let's be honest, is actually a Super Bowl contender. He's already won one. You would think he wants some money. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. But Buffalo, not a bad place to go. Von Miller, he, him and him, he, they have a good relationship. So he decided to go up to Buffalo and try to win in a Super Bowl. Good luck. Best to you. Wish you were a Carolina Panther. Would have made all the sense in the world considering the relationship he has with the defensive staff here. It just didn't work out. So they're still looking for depth there at edge rusher. But Scott Federer did say it'd be, it's only fair to the guys right now at Wofford to just look at the situation see how they perform, and then see whether he wants to address it. Um, to me and to a lot of people, it seemed very clear that they should go ahead and add someone. Uh, but let's just wait and see what happens there. He has offered the same sentiment at corner. If J.C. Horn goes down, they're they're screwed. We're just based off of what we've seen out of Keith Taylor and out of C.J. Henderson, unfortunately. That's just been the case the last couple seasons. Same thing if Dante Jackson also goes down. They're just not in a good situation. Don't know how many outside corners are out there that can really help them, whether it be roster cutdowns or free agency, but that's certainly a position that they are looking at potentially adding to if they need to do that. Uh, some other notes as far as um, health and injury status for players on PUP. Uh, the big names are, of course, Austin Corbett, who's up there. Uh, you also have Chandler Zavala. Corbett, of course, towards ACL week 18 and not winning against New Orleans. Zavala, who had like an upper body issue uh, during uh, mandatory minicamp, he had missed some time there. He tweaked his hamstring. It's supposed to be out for a couple of weeks. So that's certainly going to uh, impact the battle there at left guard. That was supposed to happen between him and Brady Christensen. Um, right guard as Austin Corbett is ahead of schedule, according to Scott Federer. So we'll see what that means closer to cutdown time, because that will certainly impact the numbers, whether he can be on the active roster, because if he's not, I believe he has to miss the first four weeks of the season. And it looks like Cade Mays would be the starter. At least Cade Mays can get the first opportunity. Federer says that is a wide-open competition at right guard. The only other play I could see potentially taking that from him would be Michael Jordan. And it seems like uh, Justin McCray is here more to be a backup center to Bradley Bozeman could also play guard as he has experience with offensive line coach James Campen um, in this past stops. So Dante Jackson, he's fully cleared. That's great. They did say, Scott Fitter did though, say that they're probably going to manage him to begin with with the torn Achilles. Makes a lot of sense to do that. Uh, kind of go slow there. Um, John Penasini, who's also on the pup list. Uh, he's supposed to be competing uh, at the defensive tackle spot, which I think is a pretty good competition, kind of an underrated one we talked about yesterday uh, He or two days ago. He's dealing with a lingering calf issue that popped up in the spring and has not gone away. And, and Fitterer did say that is uh, concerning. So Penasini, who missed out, who did not play football last year, banged up, not looking good for him to make the roster. A uh, few other things, speaking about of uh, edge rusher, Frankie Louvu will not exclusively play 
inside. I did talk to Mike K about this. I've also brought this up before, just thinking it would make sense. Guy had seven sacks last year, and they've said this is a 3-4 base. It's not going to be completely 3-4. They're going to mix some things up. That's modern-day football. Louvu will get opportunities to uh, rush the passer on the edge this year, which makes a lot of sense. And I guess one other thing that stood out to me, or two other things, Bryce Young, Matt Corral, expect to get a lot of preseason reps. It's not looking at the Panthers. going to be one of those teams that just won't play their starters. And I wonder if Bryce is out there, how much the offensive line will play because you do not want to risk him in the preseason. Uh, that would be awful to do that. But it looks like Bryce Young and especially Matt Corral, which is big for Matt Corral, will get a lot of reps during the preseason. Andy Dalton doesn't really meet, need that many at all considering we know who what he is and what he's supposed to be doing here in Carolina. So Bryce, Matt Corral look like they're going to get a lot of reps, especially Matt Corral, who certainly needs it. And lastly, Jonathan Mingo, who the Panthers drafted 39th overall. We had the conversation about, should they take an edge? Should they take a corner? Should they take a wide receiver? They're at 39. They take a wide receiver, take Jonathan Mingo, who's second team all SEC last year at Ole Miss in Lane Kiffin's offense. He's come in. He's impressed. He impressed in their interviews that led – Sean Jefferson, the wide receiver coach, to fall in love with him and then him to land here in Carolina. And he impressed even back during mandatory minicamp as Frank Reich went out of his way unintentionally to say that he was someone who stood out to him. Well, today, Scott Fitterer said that uh, he thinks that he's going to play a pretty good role for them. Maybe day one, but we'll see how it works out. Good competition there at X wide receiver on the outside between Jonathan Mingo and guy he's probably replacing in Terrace Marshall Jr., who showed some signs last year. And Scott Fitter, as I mentioned, he is feeling the expectations. He said a lot about how this year three feels a lot like the year three that they had back in Seattle. I had someone asked me, I think back in the spring, comparing Seattle and Russell Wilson, all that situation, and their defense and how they built it to how they built it here in Carolina to where they focus on the defense. Then the offensive line, now they've dropped a quarterback in there in Bryce Young, and the hope is it, they can get humming, especially now that – the NFC South is still wide open. Scott Fitter is saying there's a lot of good pieces in place. Things have a really solid core, which I agree with. And I think that they're beginning to build something special here. Only time will tell. But there's a lot of hope here in Carolina as the Carolina Panthers have reported down to training camp. So what did some of the Panthers who moved in today have to say? Uh, J.C. Horn, Miles Sanders, Hayden Hurst, Derek Brown, and even Bryce Young, who's been there since Saturday, had a few comments on Tuesday. We'll get into those here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Uh, it could be fair to say that this season uh, really falls on the shoulders of Bryce Young as the Carolina Panthers are looking to finally get any sort of consistency at the quarterback position and find someone who can stabilize it and really someone who can lead them to Super Bowls. Those are David Tepper's words. Bryce Young has, of course, a mountain of expectations heading into Carolina as the number one overall pick, something he's pretty accustomed to having played at modern day high school back in uh, was it in L.A., but whatever. It's in California. Uh, they basically produced like all the USC quarterbacks. He was going to go to USC until he wised up and said, no, I'm going to go play for Nick Saban. If you listen to him talk to, he's been Sabanized. This guy, delightful young man. Love Bryce Young. Pure. Please don't let the world corrupt this man. Uh, but you can tell that he has been Sabanized. And he's taken the Alabama PR training and does not say all that much at all. He says all the right things when he does speak, which is great. I also feel like sounds like he was raised pretty well anyway, so I don't think really Nick Saban had too much to do with it, but Nick Saban certainly, uh, he he helped entrench what already was taught to Bryce Young uh, growing up there 
I guess he's first in what Philadelphia, then he moved to LA. But either way, uh, Bryce Young, no pressure of high school football at Modern Day, had a big time program in high school football out there in California, going to Alabama, being the number one quarterback, having to play there, helping him get to a national championship, losing that one, of course, but still uh, playing at Bama. He knows expectations now as the number one pick and coming to a franchise that is desperate, just absolutely desperate for just someone to have a pulse, more than a pulse, at the quarterback position and take advantage of a bad division and a conference that doesn't have the young quarterback talent. You look at I mean, Leonard Floyd, congrats, go Buffalo, good luck. Josh Allen, you got over there. You got Patrick Mahomes. Trevor Lawrence is starting to come along. Joe Burrow. It's it's crazy out there in, in the AFC. That's not the case in the NFC, which is why it's so important that Bryce Young ends up being the guy here in Carolina. And I was reading Albert Breer of uh, Sports Illustrated Monday Morning Quarterback had a conversation with Frank Reich. I think it came out on Monday. Um, and Reich just talked about how you know, this is a two- to four-year project and just the expectations for Bryce Young, where it's going to take some time. And I've said going into the year, I'm not really looking at the record. Yes, it would be great for the team to go to the playoffs and win like nine games at the very least or eight. It'd be awesome for that to happen. But what I'm mainly focused on, just knowing that the receiving talent ain't that great, uh, they don't have a lot of depth. Like, if they have any sort of injuries, like, they're not in a good situation defensively sometimes, and even offensively, they can't really afford some injuries where they already have one on the offensive line. So it's still going to be a process. we got to understand that. It's probably more of a two-year rebuild, but, you know, Frank Reich's saying two, four-year process with Bryce Young and the whole team and trying to figure things out. Now, it's not seven years. I mean, he's not saying that, oh, we're going to suck for two, three years before we start winning. He's just saying with Bryce, it's going to take a little bit of time. You know, this year, really want him to learn the offense, come in, uh, pit all those benchmarks that we're hoping for, take care of the football, earn respect to the team, which he's already earned, and then build on that moving forward, where you would think next season the Panthers should be in a much better position than they already are this year. I think they're in a solid position considering what they've been the last couple of seasons. So, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on Bryce Young going into the year, but he's not really feeling it. He's not intimidated by it. He's also not phased by the humidity. He mentioned that um, it's hot down in Alabama. Newsflash, it's hot everywhere in the South, and it seems to be hot everywhere in the country right now with the heat wave. Good God, everyone stay uh, safe out there. So Bryce Young, he's, he's got everything that you want to hear. Cool, calm, collected, something that Derek Brown said about him. Everyone who's talked about this guy, stuff about how smart he is, just how calm he is, and he just has the right temperament that you're looking for uh, for a rookie quarterback coming into this situation here in Carolina. And as far as his expectations, he's just taking things day by day being process-oriented, there's that Nick Saban stuff right there, and then the expectations are just to push each other each day and to see where it goes. And he's also not really focused on, like, is this his job to lose? Come on, deep down inside, Bryce Young knows that this is his job, but he's really just focused on, let me do all the right things, which I've been doing, and it'll all take care of itself. So, wise beyond his years, love that he's here, and hopefully, God, let it work here in Carolina. I feel good about that being the case. Now, J.C. Horn, oh boy. Need this guy to be healthy. Because if he, if he goes down, man, love Dante. He's had his moments where he's been brilliant. He's had his moments where it's been like, buddy, Terry McLaurin is cooking this dude. Um, but he's overall a solid player. He's also a veteran. He's also probably going to be a captain again here in Carolina. They need him to be healthy. And coming off that Achilles, that's concerning. So if JC goes down, I just don't have confidence in the guys behind him based off of what we've seen. Maybe it changes. I certainly hope that will be the case. C.J. Henderson was drafted in the top 10 for a reason. Maybe we finally see that. I don't know. But J.C. Horn's got to be healthy. And he was asked by Joe Person of The Athletic about, you know, the foot injury and missing the end of OTAs and, end of, and all of mandatory minicamp. He said, I'm here. 
I'm 100%. I'm ready to go. I'm focused on the season. And Joe followed up by asking him how bad it was. And JC kind of paused there and looked at him for a second. Being like, I don't want to talk about this, man. But that's the conversation. And it's the same thing with Christian, where Christian kept getting hurt. And we talk about his usage and all that. It's just, it's football. And it wasn't like the injuries. And JC Horn said this to Joe uh, back in June, right before it was announced that he was going to miss the rest of OTAs and all mandatory minicamp, saying that, like, the injuries I've had have been a broken foot. It's been a rib, rib issue. It's been a broken wrist. Like, all bad luck. Also, just like, it's the game of football. It's not like he's going out there and pulling a hamstring, having a ter- torn ACL, or popping Achilles. Nothing all that serious. So, when he's sitting here listening to people talk about, oh, he can't be relied on, which so far, unfortunately, I, that's kind of true. It's just the reality of it. But the people are saying he's injury prone. It's tough to really swallow that pill when, you know, it's not like you're doing anything. With Christian, you know, quick turnaround hamstring issue that sucked that happened there uh, he comes back has his shoulder pile driven into the ground there uh, in Kansas City it's just what are, you, what are you gonna do it's so bad luck there with Christian McCaffrey with his injuries but then what do you know all of a sudden he goes to San Francisco the guy's healthy again which is why I was always saying he's a good player you don't want to get rid of a good player you just got to hope in, that he can take care of his body he can stay healthy and JC did say that he does think he can do some things better diet wise to take care of his body hopefully he's doing that and that he can stay healthy. And as far as his personal goal, you would think would be to stay healthy the entire season. His is just to win because a lot of people don't respect the team. And he, when they have people ask him why, well, it's pretty simple. He said, we haven't really won a lot. And until they win, people aren't going to respect the, Car- the Carolina Panthers. They're also not going to know who he is. And Scott Vitter brought this up, how he feels like they have some stars emerging, but people just don't know who they are because the more they win, the more opportunities they potentially get on primetime, the more the NFL is going to recognize just how much potential is here on this roster. So J.C. Horn, a guy that absolutely needs to stay healthy for the Carolina Panthers, and man, I'm I'm hoping for him. That's the case because I really, I really hate because he said it like these. No one wants to get hurt. They're not trying to get hurt. The people are just like so like I can't even. I want to I want to say what I, I can't say that word. Uh, but they're so crappy online about these players. Like, oh, he's hurt again. But, like, no one's trying to get hurt. It's the game of football. It happens. Like, that. this is their livelihood. Obviously, they want to be on the field. Like, just don't be an a-hole about it. Uh, Miles Sanders didn't have a ton of say. I uh, was asked by the running back market. He kind of felt to me, he was like, I mean, I have my money. I'm not all that concerned. Um, Hayden Hurst, he let us know what his injury was. He had an abductor tear and a hernia that he dealt with all last year in Cincinnati. And still had a solid season, had surgery back in February after the AFC Championship loss. And he's excited about the opportunity here. So this is the opportunity he's always asked for in the NFL coming up here in year six. Also learning his sixth offense so he can be able to help some of these guys who are going towards the transition of a new scheme. He brought up Antonio Gates, Zach Ertz, Eric Ebron, all guys having production um, in the offenses that Frank Reich has been a part of throughout his career in the NFL. So excited about Hayden Hurst here in Carolina and Derek Brown. Like everyone else agrees that this is probably the most highly anticipated camp that we've had in a while because Bryce Young is here in Carolina and the hope actually is real. We're not convincing ourselves that previous guys who were absolute bums in their last stop can be the answer here in Carolina. There actually feels like there's hope with the new coaching staff, new quarterback, and you know, just an actual plan especially from the owner. So bravo, David Tepper and everyone involved for the offseason that you have had. But on Wednesday... As this is coming out on Wednesday, I'm live on Tuesday night. But on Wednesday, Carolina Panthers back on the field. Going to break it down on tomorrow's show, what happened, and also some of the conversations that 
some of the players and staff have with the media on Wednesday. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council. Where on Fridays, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you all on Thursday.